Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Freedom Podcast. Today, Katie and I have a very special guest, Shivana Gibson. Um, I got to meet you actually through Katie on Instagram, which I feel like I always meet my favorite people through, well, <laughs> either through Instagram or through you, Katie. I steal all your friends. Um, <laughs> hey, I don't I mind it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so excited. Um, I just wanted to have you on the show. So go ahead, introduce yourself, give us your background, and yeah, we'll just jump into it from here. Okay. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. It is truly an honor to be on here with you guys. I admire both of you ladies so Aww. much. Um, my name is Shivana, and I own Survival of the Fittest, which is a personal training studio I have in business in Lithopolis, Ohio. Um, I am a born-again Christian, uh, always a work in progress, um, but I definitely try and operate my business on those foundations. So, How long have you been in the fitness industry? Really, most of my adult life, I have been in, my brother was a bodybuilder, Um, and he was seven years older than me. So obviously you have that looking up to your big siblings. Um, so I always admired him for that. And I probably didn't get really serious into, um, the fitness world until after I had my child, like my first two children and about 24, I would say I got really serious um, kicked around competing in 2012 yeah. and actually started to prep for a figure show. Oh. Um, but I got about six weeks into the prep and I just realized that it was not my cup of tea. And it, it kind of was just, um, it made the things that I love a little bit too much work. So I, I kind of stepped away from that. Uh, and, and it's, it just wasn't my, my thing, but, um, I've been training people off and on for many years, but actually owning and just stepping out and taking the step into my own business was about two years ago. Nice. That's awesome. Awesome. So kind of fun fact just for our listeners. So Shivana's daughter, that's how we originally connected Taylin. Um, she and I met several years ago and we became friends like almost instantaneously and love Taylor to death. She's amazing. And so it's just kind of funny how this all, like it was like through a mutual friend and then I met Taylor right. and then I was like, oh my gosh, your mom's in fitness and then she owns a studio. So it was just really cool how God, like how God brings people together. And taylor has been such a blessing in my life and so encouraging. And she's a business owner as well. So we right. kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Like, yeah. did you have a desire to be a business owner all of your life or kind of how did that, how did you get the, the, I guess you could like the, the guts to open something. Cause that takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of, um, I think sometimes too, just it's that fear that can hinder us from, from starting a business or from going out on our own. And, and so how, how was it that through your faith, you really found the courage to start training people and open your business and have this studio? Like, what was it that maybe was like a turning point for you? And, and how did God bring you through that, that maybe some of that fear? Well, I have always, I've always had a passion for fitness my whole adult life. And I've always, you know, trained people on the side, 
um, it was really kind of interesting how it came about because it came about when we had the quarantine and the shutdown. And um, so, you know, everyone's like trying to find all these places to work out at that are not happening. And um, it was just, you know, my husband really encouraged me because he knew it was my passion. And he, he's like, you are made for this. Like you, you've got it. This is just, you're obsessed with it in a, in a good way, but just that was my, you know, part of my drive as an adult. I just love the fitness industry. And so we just, I just decided it was really crazy after the, the lockdown where everybody was isolated, we came out of that and I decided I was going to, I was just going to go for it. And, you know, and I kind of made a joke too, because, you know, the economy and people aren't working and everything's a little crazy that I was just going to go ahead and go for it. But God totally blessed. I mean, it was definitely, uh, God's hand was in that the entire time because to come out of COVID or, you know, quarantine like that and to just open a business and just have people walking in the door, basically that, I mean, it was like, God was my silent advertiser. It was totally a God yeah. thing. Wow. And he just, he blessed me with some amazing clients and clients that, you know, I've had for the last couple of years and, and then I love getting new clients too. So he's, he's really had his hand in, uh, the financial part of it and just mm-hmm. me afloat and bringing me clients. It's just amazing. It's funny. There are times where I'm like, you know what, God, I need three clients. And literally a week later, someone's just randomly walking up to my door. Wow. And I'm just like, you know what? You're still listening. This is awesome. Yeah. 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 It's been a blessing. That's so cool. I think that it's funny, you know, I think in business, a lot of times when I um, like see people on Instagram, it, there's always people talking about like, Oh, strategy, this and strategy, this. Yes. You need to have strategies. You need to have systems. You need to have all those things as a business owner. Like, you know, you need to steward your business well, but a lot of the times I feel like for me and my brother, when we were like at our lowest points, like every strategy that we tried to throw in to get clients or to advertise or we're making systems or funnels or whatever it was, they never worked. And then we would have like an flood of clients from not doing anything, being still sitting in God's word and really like knowing that he's taking care of us. And it's so encouraging because, you know, business is very up and down. It's very ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. You kind of just have to go with the flow and you have to trust that God knows exactly what you need when you need it, which can be um, one of our questions on here is what's the most challenging aspect of owning a business. And for us, me and my brother personally, I think that's what it's been. It's just like trusting that God knows everything that we need. And like, even if we read every like, you know, book out there, a business book, that's like, oh, if you do these three steps, like you will have so many clients. Mm -hmm. We've hired so many people to help us market and advertise. We got screwed over every single time, lost thousands (laughs) and thousands of dollars. And, you know, and it never worked. And what worked was just being still, and just giving over our cares and our worries to the Lord, which is like such a simple thing. And I think sometimes people don't want to hear that, but it's so true. Like, 
you know, and mm-hmm. as Christians, I think we can really relate to that because we know that like God is in control, but it's hard for people who are not Christians or maybe who don't have like a strong relationship with the Lord to just like let go and to not stress. And that stress will kill you. Like I remember some oh, points sure. that we were so stressed and it was awful. So definitely probably the most challenging aspect is like to let go and, and remember that you don't have control and God knows exactly what you need. And he also gave you that passion to open your business during COVID, to open, you know, um, mm-hmm. just like a coaching business or whatever it is. And that's mm-hmm. like, for me, that's always so encouraging. And like, um, I was reading Proverbs earlier this week, and I think it's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it was talking about um, lean not on your own understandings. Right. And sometimes it's so easy to do that. It's like, oh, well, I know so much. Like, you know, me and my brother have been in business almost six years and we're like, we still don't know anything. <laughs> like right. every single year, it's like, wait a second, this worked yeah. last year, didn't work this year, you know? So it's yeah. just, it's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, there's a learning curve. And, and also I truly believe, you know, the faith of Christianity and Jesus is really faith-based. So it's trusting God for what you don't see. Mm, and right. that is as a Christian and in this business, I would say that's one of those, those situations where you have to remind yourself, you know, one, God can bring good from anything that mm-hmm. you're, and you're working hard at and he knows your heart, but two, to stand in faith when, you know, in this industry, you're going to have clients that come and go. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. And it's yeah. not hitting that panic button when you have a couple of clients that move on or they have to move mm-hmm. or, you know, something's just changed in their life where they can't train anymore. But you have to stand in faith to say, you know what, God, you know what I'm doing. You know my heart. I'm going to stand in faith. I'm not going to panic and I'm going to wait for the revolving door to start Right. You know, because yeah, right. he knows your needs. And I would say that's, you know, that's a challenge when you're owning your own business to, it's a big responsibility on top of that, but to stand in faith at all times, even when, you know, you're having the ebbs and flows and things aren't exactly the way you want them to be. Yeah, I think something that, especially now with Instagram and social media, there is this tendency to evaluate our success just by the amount of money we're making or the amount of clients we have. And that really is such a lie uh, from Mm -hmm. culture, from the devil, that our worth Mm -hmm. is attached to a specific number. And that's something that I fall into as well, where I'm looking at you know, because as a business owner, it's always like, woo, woo, woo. And so (laughs) there's a tendency when things go down to be like, oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong? Right. What do I need to change? What do you know, all these things. Um, But, and I even had one of those moments recently, I was talking to my mom Mm -hmm. actually on the phone and she's such, oh my goodness, she gives me so much wisdom when I need it. But she was like, Katie, like praise God through those lows because you don't know how he's working in that time where maybe yes. you have a couple less or a fewer clients, what other time, what is God allowing you to do at that time that maybe you couldn't before or um, vice yeah. versa? If maybe I get overwhelmed. It's like, you always kind of freak yeah. out. It's like, I'm overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, I'm losing clients. And it's like, <laughs> 
okay, what is God doing amidst that? Because I know for myself when I've had, I felt overwhelmed. I'm like, man, this is such a blessing because think about all of those people that we can impact. But then when things kind of go down, it's like, okay, well, God's got me. If he doesn't want me in this industry anymore, he'll make it clear. And he's directing my, you know, I, I, should let go of that control. And I think it really does, at least for myself, come down to a control thing. Um, And praising God in the good times, in the low times, and just like, God, how are you using me? How can I stay true to your word uh, with owning a business, with impacting Mm -hmm. these people and looking at each individual as someone that God's giving me to steward as their coach or as their mentor or whatever it may be, I think really does help shift my perspective and into, okay, the right Christian perspective, not the worldly perspective of it's all right. about clients and numbers and, and money and success and busyness. And it's like, okay, actually, what is God calling us to do? And one of my favorite verses um, is Colossians 3, 23 through 24. I wrote this down. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So thinking about like, okay, I am not serving people. I'm actually serving Christ through my work with people and really rerouting myself in that truth. And we're not working for just temporary. Yes. Okay. It's great to have an income. It's great to have success. It's great to have these things. Those are blessings from God, but truly my reward is I'm working for eternal reward. Try through this work. How can I bring people to Christ and how can I impact Whoever it is that is placed in my life, how can I impact them positively for the eternal kingdom? Yeah, right. I, yeah, I agree with everything that you just said. And um, I, it's, it's really just comes down to, you know, it's almost the same way in your walk. It's, it's always trusting God yeah. when you're in good times and bad times and when yeah. things are awesome. You know, are you praising them then? And are you praising them when things aren't awesome? Yeah. Yeah. And learning to do that consistently. But I I will say that I have, you know, God is always good. And I would not be anywhere as to where I'm at without his enduring love and unconditional love. And thank God for that. And, and, and. And that is in the business world as well. So it goes in all aspects of our life. Definitely. Um, One of Katie's questions on here, you had really good questions, by the way. I was like, oh, I love all of these. Um, (laughs) So um, um, me and you, you. or me and Savannah, we were talking um, uh, through email the other day about, um, you know, that we don't always witness as much as we would like mm-hmm. to our clients. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and one of your questions was how do we combat car- compartmentalizing our faith and leaving Jesus out of our business? And so mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking about that after we chatted and, you know, I think that sometimes witnessing to people isn't always necessarily like, <sighs> Like, I don't know, necessarily asking them like, oh, are you a believer or things like that? But it's through your actions. It's through your kindness. It's through your heart. It's through the way that you um, reflect Jesus's love to your clients. And I think that is a big witnessing tool. And so I think like for the kids that I coach, um, there's a couple of things that we do in the gym. Um, 
that, you know, it's like our witnessing tool, I guess you could say. Like we don't allow um, just explicit music in the gym. We never have since we've opened. Um, everything has to be edited if they want to listen to something and it's not edited, like, sorry, you can't play it. Um, then also we don't allow um, cursing or any foul talk um, in the gym at all. And a couple of weeks ago, one of the kids, he was newer. I love him. He's so sweet, but he, he was like cussing. And I told him, Hey, like, you know, we have a rule. Like if you, um, if we give you a warning and then you continue to cuss, like everyone has to do laps for the full hour. Um, that's your punishment basically. And so, and he's like, um, he's like, yeah. So I wanted to know, like, why, why don't you guys like, like cussing in the gym? And he's like, you know, like our coaches cuss at us all the time. And like, yeah. you know, our teachers, all this stuff, they go to public school. Yeah. So like, okay. Um, and I just told him, I was like, oh, well, you know, me and my brother are Christians and, you know, we just don't want to be surrounded by this type of language. And I'm not saying I never cuss or I never do anything. So that's like mm -hmm. not true at all. But, um, you know, but we wanted to, <laughs> we we wanted to like, yeah, yeah, but we wanted to set this like precedence in the gym. Like, you know, we want to make yeah. sure that I, I told him, I was like, we want to make sure that we're glorifying God through our business. And like, this is like our house. So like, you need to make sure that you follow the rules. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, I thought you guys were like Mormon or something. He's like, I just want to make sure he's like, but that's really cool though. And then just went off and worked out, you know, so it was like yeah. little situations like that, that God kind of puts those seeds. And like, I know he was thinking about it because he hasn't done it like once since. So I just thought that was like kind of a cool you know, thing where I'm not yeah. always like calling the kids or if the kids ask me about my tattoos and they have certain meanings or whatever, um, yeah. I try to like share in that way. But I've never been someone who's like, do you know Jesus? Like I just, that has never been me. That has never been like the way that I've witnessed to people. I think everyone's mm -hmm. like a little bit different. Um, but yeah. for me, that's one way that we've, I've like got to talk to some of our kids, but definitely probably not as much as I would like, but just through actions and through showing mm. God's love is definitely mm. a way to witness to people who may not be Christians that you work with, you know? So right. I just wanted to right. touch on that. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think it's important to remember to like, it's the spirit that will open someone's heart to the message of Christ. It's not our own actions. And that's something mm. I have to just continually remind myself is that what I say will sound foolish to them if they are not a yeah. if they are not a Christian. Um right. if I'm just going at them with Bible verses and and mm -hmm. you know just like, oh well in Romans it says this. It's like I'm speaking yeah. a totally different language. So yeah. I think it's important to use discernment when it comes to evangelism and it comes to um maybe non-Christians that you do work with and and that sparking that curiosity like you said is is something that I think, um, you know, if you work with clients, it's important to like keep that as, okay, I'm not going to um, uh, just in any way, my convictions, I'm not going to just uh, succumb to that pressure to conform to culture. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to be just, I hate the term because I've been called this before, but Bible thumping where I'm just like, well, and yeah, this is because yeah. it's like, that's just a totally different language that they're not going to understand. So how can I love right. that person who is made in the image of God and meet them where they're at? And it's not, it's not, um, you know, in any way compromising on my convictions, but at the same time, like, how can I meet that person maybe where they need um, a message yeah. of hope or a message uh, that only Christ can offer? Um, yeah. So have you, have you guys noticed that like in your, client work have you ever had a client who has actually have you seen them come to christ through maybe your work with them or seen them grow in their faith um in that regard i think that well it to kind of go back just a second on the mm -hmm. you know 
what you're doing with your clients and, and, and what God would like us to do. I think it's important too that one thing that I do try and focus on is to that my clients know there's a no judgment zone that I'm not yeah. going to come in and, and be judgmental just because their beliefs don't line up with how I believe mm-hmm. that doesn't mean one, you're not welcome in my, you know, I want people to come and know, you know what? Yes, she does love Jesus, but she's also not sitting there in judgment mm-hmm. on me because right. that's yeah. such a turnoff for people with Christianity. Right. Yeah. You know, if, if, you, if people feel like Christians put themselves on this pedestal and they mm-hmm. can't relate to people who with, you know, that aren't like minds. And I just feel like it's important that people understand, you know, I'm going to still love you like Jesus would love just because you don't agree with everything that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I just yeah, think that's I feel like that's for huge. people to know as Christians and, and non-Christians, yeah. but, you know, yeah. yeah. That's a huge witnessing tool too. Like that people can even feel comfortable. Cause I mean, like, if you think about Christ, like he wasn't with the Pharisees, obviously, because they were some of the worst of the worst, but he was sitting with the sinners. He was sitting with, you know, people right. that are like, oh, like the unclean, you know, and and mm-hmm. he was pulling people to Christ because of that. And like, that's why he stood out so much too, outside of just being Jesus himself. But he stood out so much because he was doing things that the Pharisees weren't doing because they put themselves on such a high pedestal that no one could reach when you know, their sin was all in their hearts and they never, Mm -hmm. never outward, but like, you know, that's even worse keeping it in your heart and like, and hiding and pretending like, Oh yes, I'm so perfect. And I have it all together. And it's just like, I like that. I like you, like, I like that it's a safe place where people probably, I mean, I I feel like clients end up telling you things that they probably have never even told other people, you know? Yeah. You're kind of their therapist in a way. It's almost like a (laughs) hairdresser. Have you noticed that? Yeah. 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 But you know what? They're my therapy as well, too, sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And I think that's something, I mean, that's so important in every relationship to go into it, it with the perspective of like, okay, it is, if they are not a Christian, how, how in the world are they going to actually even be interested in Christianity if I am coming at yeah. them with a judgmental perspective or, or right. you know, having this holier than thou. And that's exactly what the Pharisees mm-hmm. did. And that's exactly what Jesus rebuked and he hated. Mm-hmm. And right. so how can we extend the love of Christ and love someone because they're made in the image of God, believer or non-believer. And yeah. um, I think it's important to reroute ourselves in that truth for sure. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So one but kind of going back to to that, like, have you seen the fruit? I know, Lexi, you just shared about the the kid that was interested. Like, have you guys seen that interest maybe spark someone's faith in your own business or your with your clients? Um, I've had a couple clients that have been interested in starting to go to church. That's awesome. That haven't before. Um, yeah. But I'm also I am one of those people who I am probably my own worst critic. So Mm. I, um, I believe that, you know, God can use me in an area of not feeling like just what Alexis had said, like not necessarily, there are just certain people that, you know, that you're not going to win over by pushing the Bible down your throat or, but to, 
say, okay, I'm human. I make mistakes. I'm not always perfect. You know me that, you know me that way as being my client, but Mm -hmm. I do love Jesus and I know that he loves us. And I think that in those moments that that can touch and has touched a couple of clients of mine, just in the fact that, you know what, we're not all going to be perfect. Um, God knows our heart and God knows what is in our heart and that to touch somebody to be able to at least say, would you want to go to church? You know, just to mm-hmm. plant a seed mm-hmm. can work yeah. that way yeah. as well. And I've, and I've had that happen a couple of times in my yeah. business. So, yeah. 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 I think not just anything, for people to know it's not perfection. It doesn't have to be perfect. Right. It doesn't right. have to look like perfection to yeah. be a Christian no, and to, you know, serve Jesus because that's the point of him yeah. dying on the cross is for yeah. us to. Yeah. Well, and I think we become more relatable when people can see our flaws and our failures as well. So I think right. like for me, um, mainly I would say probably with some of our interns, because in the summer we have college interns and um, they work very closely with us because um, our college program is um it's like, it's not huge, but we usually have like five to six interns every summer. And, um, you know, with those kids that are a little bit older, I feel like the ones who've worked with us for a couple of years, they know that there's something different with me and my brother, even if it's like, you know, if, even if we're going through stressful times and I have noticed like some of the kids saying like, oh yeah, like, you know, I definitely need to like read my Bible more. Like I've never really read my Bible mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Dom in the morning, he'll do his Bible study and some of the kids are coming in at seven, 8am, whatever. And so he'll be finishing up like in his office and he'll come out and like kids will notice like he's reading mm-hmm. his Bible. Like you, you, people know what a Bible like looks like, you know? And so, right. um, I just, I've realized that some of our college interns more so who work cl- more closely with us, you know, it will be something that's like pressing on their heart. Like, Oh yeah, I used to go to church like when I was younger. And then when I got into college, I kind of just stopped. And we just like try to encourage mm-hmm. them, you know, to like continue. And I, tell them like when I was in college, I completely walked away from my relationship with the Lord. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I still went to church yeah. and things like that here and there, mm-hmm. mainly because I went to a Christian college and we had to meet a certain requirement for chapels. But, um, but you know, I didn't have a deep relationship with the Lord in college, which is unfortunate because I feel like I didn't get to use those younger years the way that I could have for the Lord. But Um, you know, that college age to me is like really special because that is a point when a lot of kids start walking away from the Lord. So for us, I think we pour a little bit more into our college kids because they're with us for longer periods. And we have seen some of the kids like, you know, just, it's just a little interest or they'll make comments or they know that, you know, there's just something a little different, um, when it comes to the way me and my brother run our business, the way that we treat people mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, Cause people can tell because people aren't as much as people like want, like are always like, Oh, positive energy. And I'm just trying to be positive and all this stuff. Like people are really mean and really negative these days. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that a lot. Like mm-hmm. even when some of these kids come back from their practices and they're like, Oh yeah, coach cussed us out for the first 30 minutes of practice. I'm like, you guys are 14, 15, 16 years old and people are talking to you like that. Like yeah. that is insane yeah. to me. Yeah. And you yeah. know, but on the outside people are like, Oh, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm this. I was like, no one's a good person, but you know, anyways, that can turn into a whole rant, but you know, these kids <laughs> are getting treated very poorly from people who, who they spend a lot of time with. So even just like that for us is like, we want to you know, if we have to crack down on them, we will, but like, we want to make sure that we're just showing them like God's love constantly. And 
you know, that may be a seed that's planted and nothing happens for to it for years and years. And that's okay too. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I did want to touch on for both of you, because I'm very curious, um, how do you guys balance your work and personal life? Because I know for me, work can be very consuming. And so I had mm-hmm. to really just take a step back. Um, I actually took a break. I took a break from the gym. Um, I want to say it was like September, October-ish for about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother was just running it and I kind of just needed some space. Um, but anyways, for you guys, how do you balance that work and personal life and your faith and all those things um, being business owners? Because I know it can be so, so consuming um, at times. I I do. I can totally relate to that. And just like you had said, Katie, when things are, you're overwhelmed and you have so many people and it's just funny to kind of go between those two um, mm-hmm. when you, when then, when you're kind of, okay, I can do a little bit more, but I've got some downtime and then, oh my gosh, I've got 9,000 things I have to do every day. Um, but I really had to, and, and my poor husband, God love him. He was just like, you are working nonstop. And mm-hmm. I really had to, cause I was, and I was, and, and it was 12 hour days at the studio. And then I would come mm-hmm. home and I would write workouts for two hours and, mm-hmm. you know, do schedules for everybody. And so I'm, you know, doing it all by myself. So it's a lot. Um, yeah. But I really had to take a moment and, and hear him and say, okay, I, he's unhappy. You know, I have to be considerate of mm-hmm. the people in my life, my family, the people I truly love and care about. And I just mm-hmm. had to say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to sit at the table every night for two hours after I've worked, you know, 10 to 11, 12 hour day that I'm going to get that done during the day. I'm going to maximize some of my time where I can take off. I'm not doing that at night. I'm going to have mm-hmm. relaxation time. I'm going to have normal time with my husband yep. or my family and just take a deep breath. So, but I had to make a conscious effort of doing that because it wasn't going to happen on its own. It, it was something yep. I just strictly had to be like, this is, you know, enough's enough. You need to have quality time and be mm-hmm. present when you are present. Right. So that was something I had to kind of fine tune and I'm getting a grasp, but you know, every day is a, is a learning curve. I mean, yeah. just like you had said, I think it was Alexis that you had said, you know, you're learning new stuff every year. Every year, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> like lesson learned, not right. yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yes. so, Definitely. But I'm still, you know, I'm still doing that every year as well. But um, yeah. Yeah. that was one thing I just finally had to be like, listen, you need to have some downtime, and to yeah. make yeah. yourself do that can be hard when you own mm-hmm. a business. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, for, for me, one big thing was actually taking days off. Yes, yes. <laughs> I used to be the worst. Like, I literally worked seven days a week. I never took a day off. I just would take my computer wherever I went. I didn't take a vacation, like, from work mm-hmm. for more yeah. than a day for, I think it was, mm-hmm. like, the first five years that I had my business. And because now it's been about seven. And I really felt this conviction from God, like, you need to take, what are you doing? Like you're going to run yourself in the ground. You're obsessing over work. And it really became easy to be, to make work my idol because, because working out is a part of my work too, or, you know, a part of our work, especially when I was competing, it was like, well, this is a part of my work. So 
I can I can spend three hours in the gym and work all day and blah blah blah. Right. And I don't have time for anything else. And it really was like, yeah. nope. I actually was just idolizing my work and and what yeah. I was doing. And so taking the weekends off has been huge game changer for me. I never used to do that. Um, and I've shifted my clients to days that I, so I have specific days during the week where I have client check-ins instead of whenever, you know, the wind blows and Mm -hmm. they check in, I'll answer within, you know, like two hours or whatever. I used to just be obsessive about that. And, you know, recognizing like, okay, they can wait a little bit of time if they're late submitting their check-ins, like for example, or, um, you know, other things are priority. Like now that I'm married, it's, I'm not going to be just, working all the time on the weekends when that's the only time Jake and I have maybe together Mm -hmm. um, where we're both off work. So really thinking about, okay, what, what are my actions, my calendar, my time demonstrating where my priorities are. And a lot of times it was just, I would miss family functions because I had to work or I would miss this because I had to work. And it's like, Ooh, okay. I'm putting work above everything else. So taking that time off, um, I really, Um, make sure my mornings are like a certain time. I don't have notifications on my phone. I make sure I read my Bible every single morning. So like things like that, where I'm ruthless about, okay, no, I'm not doing work until this is done, um, have, has been really essential for me to put my mind and I still suck some days. Some days I'm like terrible. I'm checking my phone first thing in the morning. I'm answering emails as I'm like waking up and then I'm like going to my computer. You know, it's not like perfect at all, but having those boundaries, I still answer emails on the weekends, you know, like sometimes it's not like a Ferris, you know, I'm not trying to be like a Pharisee about it, where it's like Sabbath rest. If you don't follow it, you get your yeah. you know head chopped off. That's not what God wants. But it's like, okay, how do our calendars reflect our priorities? And that was a big, just oh my goodness, that was a big gut check for me. Yeah. And I was like, I need to make some changes. So that was one of the big ways for me um, that helped yeah. me balance that a little bit better. Nice. Always a work in progress. I am still working on that one. <laughs> the yeah. seven days a week. Yeah. I'm like, okay, lady, we got to get this figured yeah. out. It's hard. Yeah. It it's is hard. because, you know, you're working with so many people's schedules. Yeah. And then yours. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah. yes, I, that, yeah. that's one I'm, I'm the evenings I've mastered, but yeah. the seven days a week, Good. I'm still, I'm still working on. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It it's is. hard. And oh. it's, it's like learning to say no sometimes yes. to the clients. Like that right. was so hard. Cause I remember I had this one client and she was like, I can only train on Saturdays. And I was like, I know. and yeah. at the time I was only taking one day off per week and that was my only day off. And I was mm-hmm. like, in my head, I was like, just say yes, just say yes. And then I'm like, no, I can't like, yeah. you have to prioritize your rest time too. You and not to say yeah. yes to everyone, which it's so hard. Um, so I yeah. relate to that hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when you don't have rest, you can't really give like your best True. to mm-hmm. your clients mm-hmm. and stuff too. And, and, and even if it's just like, you know, half a Saturday or whatever, it's like, sometimes like you really do need that rest. And, um, yeah. when I started doing, I take, uh, Thursdays off now and Sundays. Um, it's sometimes nice to have like a midweek break. Right. So my brother takes classes on, um, the Thursday by himself, but it's a little bit different. I mean, we're class-based, so we run two to three classes a day and that's it. So for me, I feel like a little bit more fortunate because when you have personal clients too, it's like, you know, uh-huh. it's you have to schedule in so many people and that's one-on-one time. And too, like it, that takes a lot. 
from you. Yeah. I have a couple of personal clients right now and I'm like, it, it takes a lot of just oh, yeah. energy and yourself. And yeah. So, um, and that's, prior to that's all that of my business is the one-on-one yeah. and I'll do, you know, yeah. I do some groups, but it's mostly one-on-one and it starts at nine o'clock in the morning and yeah. goes until, you know, seven 30 at night. So oh, yeah. and that was the other work in the day. They do. And then you have, you know, your stay at home moms that want to train during the day. And then those after work yeah. hours that get kind of mm-hmm. hectic. Um, yeah. One thing I, I wanted to, I meant to mention when we were it's kind of circling back around, um, when we were talking about, you know, being an example of God and, and, you know, in, in your, with your clients is one thing I did want to mention was that I, I um, am a recovering alcoholic. Um, mm. I haven't drank in 17 years. Um, wow. and Congrats. so I just wanted to touch on that and say, you know, God's really used that a lot to touch people and yeah. to help, um, not in my own doing, but just that is one way I feel like I can really touch some people that maybe struggle in that yeah. area mm. or, um, that it's a weakness for them. Yeah. Yeah, So that is one thing I do, you know, I, I, I do talk to my clients about that on a pretty consistent basis. I don't drink and, you know, I firmly believe that God healed me from that, but he did it the way that he needed to do it. Um, and it certainly was not the way I would have done it because if I would have done it a certain way, I would have failed and left Mm -hmm. that door open to start drinking again. So God definitely had his hand in that. And, um, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Changing in my life for that. I think we forget how powerful our testimonies are. Um, Mm -hmm. you bringing that up, actually that brought up something that I wanted to share earlier is like our testimonies have so much power. Like we have no Mm -hmm. idea the things that we have struggled with that we've overcome how that can impact someone that we might have as a client or right. so that's, I love that. Cause you don't know, you might share your struggle and someone who has never told anyone that they struggle with drinking or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, they can open up. To, they're like, Oh my gosh, someone else yeah. has struggled with the same thing. How did they overcome? Right. And that gives like such an amazing opportunity to share our faith in God and um, how God has yeah. worked in our lives. So that's beautiful. I love that. Well, and I think too, you know, right now with the time period that we're in, you know, alcohol and it's just, you know, that's a stress reliever. We're in, we're in interesting situations, you know, and, and they're stressful and, uh, you know, what do you do when you're stressed? A lot of people will reach for something that relieves that stress, which is generally alcohol. Um, So especially, you know, in a, in circumstances and an environment when that's so pushed Mm -hmm. um, to be able to say, you know what, I haven't drank in 17 years. And it's not a pride thing because I'm telling you, God humbled me so much and I'm Mm -hmm. still extremely humble about it because it's, you know, it's a tough road to walk, but um, to, it always catches someone, attend someone's attention to wait, you haven't drank and how long you can't just have one. I want to have one. Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. 20, you know, right. So. right. Definitely. That's, That's amazing. Powerful. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Definitely. 
Um, Well, that is all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, It was so fun talking to you. And I knew that we were all going to vibe and have just a really great conversation. And I know that this will um, just touch a lot of people just hearing from you, um, hearing about business struggles, um, and just being Mm -hmm. real about, you know, the ups and downs of business and even just our faith in general. So um, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you on Instagram? I am under survival of the fittest. Um, and it's just my name, Shavana <laughs> and no last name on there. Um, <laughs> but survival of the fittest is my website or my page. Um, that's where I'm at on social media. I'm not on Facebook or anything, but I thank you so much for having me both ladies. I totally enjoyed yeah. it. It was an honor to be on. I look up to both of you so much. Aww. I really Aww. do. I watch you guys on here and I'm like, I need to be more like them. (laughs) So I admire, I admire you both very, very much. I do. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks for another show. Bye. Bye.